0: Today on The Grid, it's Open Q&A Day, where we're taking your questions on camera gear, on Lightroom, on Photoshop, on lighting, on whatever. Eric, the real Rocket Man, is still out gallivanting out west somewhere. But don't worry, we got Dan Harlacher popping in for with us for a little bit on the show today. Uh, it's going to be a fun day, actually, here on The Grid. And it all starts when? In just 23.2 seconds. Let's go! It is brought to you by Platypod, the tripod alternative that is changing the world. Everybody has a Platypod. You should too. Go to platypod.com.
1: I'm getting almost done with that uh, book outline.
0: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live episode of The Grid. Standing by in a luxury RV somewhere in Montana is the beautiful Eric Kuna there he is hey scott i'm actually in south dakota oh sorry sorry it's close close it's hard to keep track of a guy with a luxury rv he's everywhere oh look they're just moving you over right there on the screen there we go i move over myself (laughs) well welcome mr k
1: well thanks uh it's been a bit
0: of busy week out here. I'll so. bet. So you're taping some classes. You got, uh, yes. our crew out there with you doing some classes.
1: Yeah. I've got Jason out here. We're, me we and Jason have been running some weird hours.
0: Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. You're doing nighttime stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. I get it. Um, that's what you got to do though, Scott. You got to be out there when the
1: pictures are going to happen. Oh, I mean, yeah? it's, a, it's hard. It's hard this time of year to be a landscape photographer too, because, uh, I think sunrise here is uh, at uh, 5.20 uh, in the morning
0: right Woo. now. That's early. That's very early. Um, hey, I just have a note to my production staff here. Uh, Eric is a 1,000 decibels in my headset. When Eric speaks, my, my eardrums explode. So if somebody could turn it down or something... Or Eric That'd could, be great, huh? Or Eric could whisper, I'll, maybe. I'll,
1: I'll go back
0: here. That's it's not helping. Awesome. It's not helping. Okay. You would need to be I'm in sorry. the back, like in the cab. All right. Hey, in the meantime, we're still using our summer clothing here. Epiphone shirt today, courtesy. Not courtesy. I bought it. Uh, where I do my shopping. Is it Macy's? No. Nordstrom's? No. Amazon? No. Reverb.com. So anyway, <laughs> so we've got that. Uh, in other news, a couple things real quick. Uh, the 31st of this month, so you know, a couple weeks away, uh, I am doing the keynote at the ClickCon conference, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm talking uh, pretty much about all of the AI stuff. So that's coming up here. Uh, the 31st is, I'm, I'm actually on the day before. So it's it starts, you know, August 1st, but I'm doing the, there it is keynote kickoff. I'm doing Photoshop AI. Woo. It's going to be wild. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. It's in Chicago, Chicago. And uh, it's a very cool conference because there's a lot of live shooting, a lot of, they have 200 models, 50 hair and makeup artists, and they're shooting all over the place. So bring your camera. You'll have lots of opportunities to shoot. All right. Uh, also this last week I was on Steve Brazzle's excellent behind the shot podcast. Very fun, and we were talking about yeah. uh, about blind critiques. That was the whole episode. Was what to expect from a blind critique, and uh, it was it was a pretty lively. Let me tell you, it was a pretty lively talk. There it is. So if you go to uh, Behind the Shot, click on that podcast. Uh, it was great. I mean, Steve is Steve is the best host. A buddy of mine was just on his. Podcast as well, and he said, "Man, he's just such a pro. He is. Steve is just, and it's just great. Just great chatting with him. He's so good. So anyway, if you're not following Steve's Behind the Shot podcast, regardless of whether you watch mine or not, it's great. One of the hands down, one of the best ones out there. So make sure you go and check and just start following him and listening. You'll love it. He's get great guests." But he himself is so engaging and interesting. You know, he's a real radio guy. So uh, he he really knows his stuff. And he's got that great voice. It sounds so good. All right. Uh, What else do we got? Next week. This is big next week is the iPhone conference. I'm not the iPhone. Uh, On one, on one. The on one. Geez. I'm sorry. They all run together. The on one conference. We do one every two months. So there's always one coming up. This one is, it's the first time uh, we've ever done, or I think anyone's ever done an entire two day conference with like 20 something classes all on a plugin, but it's not a plugin. It's a bunch of plugins. They've got just such cool stuff. Um, I'm pretty excited about, uh, what I'm teaching there, but we'll talk more about it. We're going to have Dan, uh, is one of this, you can see Dan there. You can see Dan's, uh, going to be here and there's, there's lots of cool stuff and we've got lots of great trainers. It'll just be a whole bunch of fun. And that is coming up, uh, like next week, right? What the 25th is it?
2: Yeah. yeah July 25th, and 26.
0: so it starts next week. So come on and, and join us. It's not too late to sign up. Uh, but you don't want to miss out if you use any on-one plugins or you're thinking of using them you're gonna fall in love with this conference there you go you can save some money and sign up now so there you go that's all that's kind of going on Mr Kuna is out there living at Kuna life uh, we yeah. got uh also I got big news I'm doing a live one day. Uh, conference, uh, a one-day seminar, the ultimate photography crash course in Orlando, Florida, at the Orange County Convention Center. We have very limited seating. Uh, it's it's in a small, intimate theater, which is nice, uh, but it's going to be great, and we want you to come. It is coming up in August, so you still got time. It's and uh, it's it's a full day of just. Everything I could stick, that I, would, that I could teach you in one day that I think would make a big difference in your photography or your post-processing. So anyway, it's also archived if you get to go. So you can go in person or you can watch it online. But uh, of course, I'd love to have you there in person in Orlando with me, the Orange County Convention Center. And the date is August 15th. So come and join us in Orlando. It is my first live one-day seminar since 2019, in-person seminar since 2019, Ooh. and I have not aged a minute since then, so that's good. Uh, giveaways today. Uh, we oh, by the way, you can go to Kelby One Live for to sign up for that for that one-day event. Kelby One Live. There you go, right there. Kelby One Live. Um, okay. Prizes today, we're giving away, that's right, there it is, the Mini Super Clamp, that little bad boy from our friends at Platipod comes in a little tiny box. We're also giving away a copy of my Light It, Shoot It, Retouch It book, which we'll be talking about that in a little bit because that ties into a class I'm about to do. My brand new Photoshop book, is it here? Yeah, it is. It's here. The Photoshop book for digital photographers. We're also giving away oh oh V Flat from our friends at V Flat World. Uh so make sure you check them out. The v flats are amazing. We love them. We use them here in the studios. Uh this is this particular prize is US shipping only. You can only ship it in the US. So if you're in uh we will not be able to send it to you. It's U.S. only. Uh, there is a discount though. If you if you want to buy one of their their flats or any of their stuff, they got all kinds of stuff. Use the code Kelby10 at checkout. You get 10 percent off. Uh, also giving away a copy of Retouch for Me, their Portrait Volumes app, uh, and you can also get a discount on their stuff. So we're giving away Portrait Volumes today. But so someone's going to win that. Uh, you can get a 20 percent discount on their stuff by entering the promo code. Kelby120 so Kelby O N E 20 but you have to go to a special page the special page is oops i just lost a special page it is promo.retouch4.me so it's promo.retouch4 the number 4 dot .me promo.retouch4.me you can get a 20% discount using kelby120 all right, I think that's everything we're giving away today. Oh no, we're giving away a copy of On One No Noise AI today. So On One No Noise AI, the new 2023.5 version, the latest version. And of course, we're gonna have Dan on here in a little bit because we're so close to the uh, the uh, conference and we'll, we'll see if we can get Dan to answer some Q&As today too. That's a nice picture right there. Okay, so today's open Q&A day on the grid. You can ask us anything about camera gear, lenses, photography, lighting, and we will make up an answer for any of them. Hey, <laughs> Hey, I, I, what I didn't mention, I what I didn't mention was how do you enter to win a prize? Eric, tell them all about it. How do you enter to win? Well, that's easy,
1: Scott. All you got to do is anywhere you're watching the show on social media live. If you're watching it on our Facebook, you're watching it on uh, YouTube, you're watching it on our Kelby one site. Uh, just leave us a comment in the comment box. Tell us what you want to win, uh, because we want to know. We don't want to send you something that you don't want. And then uh, uh, also t- uh, ask questions in there. That's what this whole show is about. We're like Scott said. We're going to answer your questions. So any question you'd have, including uh, chicken sandwiches, we're pretty up to speed with that.
0: Yeah, dude, we're all over chicken sandwiches. If you need to know where to get a chicken sandwich in your city, we probably know. All right, I'm looking, I'm just looking for something here while we're talking. Oh, there we go, we can do it. Okay, so um, first off, I wanna say, oh, uh, Eric, uh, Jeff wants to know if, is this, or I'm sorry, Jamie wants to know uh, if the smoke is interfering with your shots. Uh, You know, so we do have smoke on occasion,
1: but we're not having. I did have two days out here um, that um, the smoke did interfere with my shots a hundred percent. I was actually going to go out to Devil's Tower, Wyoming, and couldn't because it was just too um, bad to go out. But right recently, we've been having like just a little bit of smoke or haze. And what um, what's nice about a little bit of smoke is that it makes the stars and uh, the Milky Way kind of. Um, it's like putting a filter in front of it where it kind of glows and kind of bloats it makes your stars bloat and a lot of times that looks cool so uh
0: it's actually doing okay all right uh, jeff uh jeff wants to know he says i'm curious about the resolution and sizes of prints when shooting from your phone okay great question so jeff uh as far as Like resolution and size goes, it it really depends on how big a print you want to make, which it always Mm -hmm. depends on that. However, and this is going to sound like I'm setting you up because next week is the on one conference, but Mm -hmm. but like for example, my wife writes for a British magazine and she writes uh, articles for them on iPhoneography. Well, they will send a, uh, you know, requirements. They'll say we need it X big and they need it pretty large. It's going to go in a printed magazine. So she'll send me the photo. I can go into, uh, on one's, uh, resize, a resize AI. I can pretty much make it any size you want. And what's weird is. It looks better. Yes. Yes. It looks better when you make it big. I don't know how. I don't know either. It's some AI algorithm that does some kind of a sharpening or something, but it looks better when you make it bigger. So I have to make hers like two or 300% bigger and it looks fine. So I used to worry about the resolution from my phone. I don't anymore. If you've got a 12 megapixel iPhone, which I don't know how you wouldn't, I think pretty much. Uh, yes, um, everyone's got pretty much a 12 megapixel. You can make very large prints, very large, without even having to, I mean, you can make like a 16 by 20 probably without really having to enlarge it. But if you wanna make a 24 by 36, yeah, you're gonna to have to bump it up. But you know what? I have to bump them up for our for a gallery here. People shot with a mirrorless and I have to bump them up. So uh, no problem. I, I, I wouldn't worry about the resolution and size anymore. <laughs> Isn't that weird? that's just weird it's so
3: weird because it was so weird
0: it was such a big like contentious issue and now it's like oh no just resize it it's fine
1: well and i think that's what's cool scott is we were talking about this the last five years in photography has totally changed like what 2019 like you were just talking about we were talking about that with your seminar 2019 to 2023 totally different totally different
0: yep all righty. So Judy's got a a good question because my this is I've changed I've changed my setup here. Judy's asking I would love to know what your setup is for backing up your files, please. Judy, I'm glad you asked this because I have a brand new setup that I just put into place. And how are all great setups set up based on Terry White's recommendations? <laughs> it was funny. I was on a podcast this week uh, and they asked the question like. How do you stay on top of everything? I follow Terry White. Now, Terry's a personal friend. I talk to Terry like every day. So, uh, you know, I can just ask Terry, hey Terry, I'm having a backup issue. All right, so when Terry explained to me what he was doing for his backup, I'm like, that's what I want to do. So Judy, here's what I'm doing now. I bought a Synology four bay enclosure, right? It's like four bays about this tall, it's about this tall and about this wide. So it's not very big and you just slide drives into it. And so I bought 14 terabyte drives and you have to put in, like just putting one in, it sets it up as a RAID, right? So that everything's kind of secure and backed up within itself. So RAIDs are great for kind of having redundancy of your files backed up. So if a drive goes bad, you're not stuck. So I had to put three drives in to get to where I wanted to be. There are three 14 terabyte drives. So there's 36 gigs there. And you get about 23 or 24 actual usable terabytes because the other one's just used for extra storage and stuff. So I have that. I do have an extra slot. I could throw another one in there, but it's, it's, it's a four bay. Um, if I can, let me see if I can find a picture of it for you. So you have a better idea. Uh, let's just go to, let me open up a new window here. We'll go to B and H and we'll search for Synology. Uh, Oh, I think that's it right there. This is not exactly it, but it looks very much like this. All right. It's, it is a disk station. It See, that's a two bay, and mine is a four bay. But you mm-hmm. may not need a four bay. You may be able to, Judy, you may be able to get away with a two bay, no problem. All right, so within itself, I've got lots of storage and redundant storage with the RAID. Then, sitting on top of it, I have my old drive, which is a tech drive. Do you know what the tech does? It backs up this entire thing onto there. Right. so it is a 14 terabyte backup so not for the raid part of it but just for the regular all the files are backed up onto there so i have the synology then i got a backup driver synology and then i've got backblaze which is an online cloud storage backing up the whole thing to the cloud so if my house burned down someone broke in and stole all my drives or whatever i wouldn't lose my photo collection they are backed up into the cloud so that is it it's a three prong thing now I have a fourth prong which is my other Tech drive is at the office so I have a backup at the office so I've got this is I know this is probably more than your average person needs <laughs> no it sounds about right Scott that's what I have about. I don't know I feel like I might be overdoing it a bit but I've got <laughs> I, I, this.
1: I feel the same way
0: I got a synology raid a backup of the synology I've got the uh, backblaze cloud and then i've got a copy of the all of it on another drive at the office so might be yep. might be overdoing it a little bit but might so, be but yeah. i think we're not
1: we i think we're okay
0: yeah uh, i guess it, if you have the extra drives when i moved from the, the gtex to the synology i had two empty 14 terabytes so that's why maybe i have more than i need to uh quick question here from tim tim hey tim Tim says, Scott, do you have any plans for more on location workshops in other cities in 2023 or 24? I'm done for 2023 because the last one of the year is September in London and it's already sold out. In 2024, I do. I know two of the three cities. I might know the third one, but I'm not sure. Uh, Number one is Dubai. So I'll be doing a hands-on travel workshop in Dubai. I'll be doing another one with Mr. Kuna in Iceland. So Eric and I in Iceland and the third one, we're having a little bit of debate. It, it's, well, it's just, it's, yeah. it's just, I, know what you're saying. I, I don't, when I explain it, you'll know, but it's yeah. a, it's a wonderful place and it's, everybody seems to want to go there. So, uh, but that's, that's so, so far that's where we're at. If you go to scottkelbyworkshops.com, that's where I'll be posting the Dubai dates and I'll be posting them. This year, Dubai and Iceland. I'll be posting this year at ScottKelbyWorkshops.com. Right now, all the workshops are sold out, but next year, hopefully, we'll we'll have more workshops and and get to have more fun. Okay, let's see. Uh, Jeff says, "OnOne standalone versus integrated in Adobe." Uh, Jeff, I use all mine integrated in Adobe. Uh, I know that there are many people that use OnOne uh on one raw photo raw as a as their complete yep. that yep. the solution i use mine as part of my adobe workflow all right we are going to take a short break coming up with us dan's going to be here he can answer questions about any on one stuff but he's a really good photographer in his own right so we're going to have him answer questions about whatever everything
1: <laughs> including everything, sandwiches
0: including i'm sure dan knows a good chicken sandwich place i know he knows a good donut place anyway we'll oh be, yeah we'll be picking up with dan right after the break stick around Have you seen the latest version of Photoshop? It is the most mind-blowing version of Photoshop I've seen in 20 years. Adobe has taken AI to a whole new level and it has taken Photoshop to a whole new place. This will change the way we all work from now on. There's an amazing remove tool. There's new live gradients. There's adjustment presets. There's this little floating panel, this contextual taskbar, ah! But none of that compares to the magic, the actual like magic that is happening. Got a brand new class where I cover everything. What works, what doesn't, how to make it work for you, how to incorporate it into your workflow right now and start doing things you never thought you'd be able to do it is going to blow your mind. Come and check out my brand new class, Getting Up to Speed Fast on the AI Powered May 2023 Photoshop Upgrade. It's exclusively at Kelby1.com.
1: segment of The Grid is brought to you by B&H Photo, the professional source since
2: 1973.
0: Hey, we are back uh, and we've adjusted the volume in the headphones so my head will not explode. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for being here. Uh, We've got, of course, Mr. Kuna coming to you live from a luxury RV somewhere in South Dakota, but also joining us from, I believe, out in Oregon. Uh, is Dan Dan from On One? Are you there, Dan? I
3: am. Hey, oh, there we go.
0: Oh, look at the blue yeah. screen. I was, expe- I was expecting that's that. Right. He's got a cool office that he works out of, and I thought <laughs> I thought we're gonna see that, and now he looks like a driver's license photo in Florida. That background means you're over 18, so we can give you a beer or something. I don't know. <laughs> we don't wait till 21. It's just it, that's the law. But you know, yeah. Eric's always passing out booze to kids. I noticed that. Um so uh anyway welcome dan so we had dan on today since next week is our uh is the on one conference and he can answer questions about any on one stuff but he's also a photographer so we're making him answer all the questions and and some of them are very are very hard so uh, for those of you who are watching uh it's open q a we're answering questions about anything uh, about post-processing about obviously on one plugins because we got dan here uh, about RVs, because we got Mr. Cooney here. Yeah. Uh, about night photography, because we have Mr. Cooney here. About rocket photography, because we have Mr. Cooney here. Right. So, Dan, what, what kind of photographer would you classify yourself as? Landscape Ooh. and travel?
3: Landscape is certainly probably my passion when I get a chance to go out and shoot for myself. It is landscape. But, you know, honestly, I shoot everything. I have shot commercial, I've shot portraits and weddings, uh, landscapes. These days, a lot of it's just you know kids around the house.
0: So, oh yeah. I shoot it all. Oh no, that's good. All righty, yeah. uh, let's let's hit some questions. So Karen's got a question. Karen says, "I'm looking for the best gear to photograph in a dark high school auditorium." Oh Karen, that's Ooh. a tough one. Super mm. dark, harsh overhead spotlights. What kind of contraption can I add to my camera or flash to photograph the speakers at the podium and the people getting the awards? So so Karen. This is a tough one. And let me tell you why. If you use flash, it will light your subjects, but they will look bad.
1: Yeah. So, it will look flashy.
0: Yeah. It will look very flashy. And what I would say, if it were me, Karen, I would try to get away with maybe renting a camera that shoots really good at high ISOs. And just mm-hmm. and just making it bright enough to where they're lit, because it, when they're in this gymnasium, right, they're not going to be in the dark. Like you said, there are lights, there are overhead lights, but it's not great lighting, right? So and they may even have spotlights on the speakers, which they often do. I'm telling you, unless you were shooting, well, even if you're shooting, well, I would try not, I would try not to shoot with a flash. I would try to increase my ISO. To where the the people are lit even if i have to bump up my exposure compensation to where they're lit by the available light if you wind up using flash it's going to bring a whole level of pain to your whole thing and i don't think you're going to be happy with the results will the participants be lit yes are you going to be disappointed with how the photos look Yes, you are. (laughs) Now, there are people that have done event photography for years that have really got it down and they've got their whole thing, but it's tricky and it's tough. And it's something that takes a lot of experience with flash. You can't just walk in, I'll buy a flash and stick it on your camera and hope to get good results. I, I just, I know that's not very helpful because I know what you wanted was, oh, buy this flash and buy this bracket and do this and do that. But if it were me, you know, to to
1: piggyback off of what you're saying, Scott, uh, you know, that's one of the things is now with these AI, um, noise reduction tools that, you know, we really don't have to worry about pushing those cameras up. Uh, everybody I shoot with anymore, that just have such a problem going into that ISO. They, it's like, we fear it so bad and we don't need to. And that's where sometimes just bumping up your ISO, like 3,200, 6,400 ISO, you'll do the trick. And then with these noise reduction tools, if you have a properly exposed image, it does very well at removing that noise. It's almost like it's counterintuitive because a lot of people will shoot at a lower ISO and then try to increase their exposure on the raw file. They end up adding more noise than if they just bumped up their ISO shot it at a proper exposure and then use one of these noise reduction tools yes. to remove that noise and sharpen.
0: That's, that was a great point. Uh, so Karen, here, so here's what I would do. There's a company called lens pro to go. Mm-hmm. It's L E N S P R O T O G O.com. They will rent you a great camera and a 70 to 200 F 2.8. You're going to want a lens that's pretty fast, at least an F 2.8. Uh, but uh, I, if it were me, and I and you called me and said I need you to do a gig, and it's in the school auditorium, I've got flashes, I got lights, all that stuff. I would do what Eric said. I would bump up my ISO, and then I would clean it in in on one's AI no uh, no noise AI. <laughs> nice. That's what I would do. Yeah. I would do it, and you know Dan well. Dan knows that I didn't use that plugin for a while. You know, it was just Eric using it, and then I shot in New York. Eric and I did some night photography, and son of a gun, that thing works miracles. And now I'm now I'm it a does. believer. So uh, yeah. So or I'm one of uh, Justin Bieber's followers. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway. Um well it's got another thing is
1: that's cool with like uh no noise is you can also add tack sharp on the end of it
0: so that's you can right remove yes, the noise you can. and then and sharpen it. and
1: it's money.
0: All right Dan, what do you think about Karen's yeah. situation as far as shooting in that school auditorium?
3: I, I think your advice is is spot on. The one other thing that I would probably do is the the color temperature of those lights can be very sketchy. you have no idea what mm-hmm. you're gonna get and color correcting it can be a challenge. So if you can be there a few minutes before it opens, put a gray card on the podium, shoot that shot so they have something you can neutralize against. And then you can just click on that, whatever raw processor you use, you'll get consistent color across the whole job and it'll save you a ton of work if you do that.
0: Wow, yeah, great. That's great advice because you're right. The lighting Mm -hmm. in gyms, they've got those, and they also, sometimes the lighting changes, right? They Mm -hmm. have that. Now there's cameras that will now, like I know like the Canon that I have and the one that Eric has, they actually have a a control in there for those light flickering and it's not a light flickering you notice while you're sitting there Mm -mm. it's just in your pictures because of some pulsing that's going on in these big halogen lights and it's just it's it's creates a weird color thing that switches so that's a so good yeah. idea if you can stick to so that. It's a yeah, it can be really hard to get that is,
3: pattern from them too. So you have to like yeah. watch your shutter speed. You got to get it below the the sync rate of those new LED lights. It can oh, be yeah. tough. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's like a two hundredth of a second. It's like all right, right where you want to be. All right, You're so so I don't, wanna, I don't want I don't want
0: to beat poor Karen to death, but Karen, just so you know, a gray card. Uh, you can buy them from B&H. It is just, and you can buy one. The one I use is from Lastolite. It's a little folded one and it pops into a, a gray square about this big. And you just take a picture of it at the podium. And so then later, you know exactly what gray is supposed to be. So you take your, eye balance, your white balance eyedropper in either Camera Raw or Lightroom and you click it on that gray card and then it sets the the gray for that picture, then you're going to apply that same amount of whatever that amount is, you're going to copy and paste it of that white balance to all the rest of your photos. So it, it sounds like it's complicated, but it's not. It's really, really simple. And we've got tutorials on it. I've got them on uh, LightroomKillerTips.com. You can go over there and there's one. Uh, holy cow, here we go. We got lots more. Um, uh, uh tomster says i'm in rome next month all right let's stop right there
1: (laughs) congratulations congratulations i
0: love rome i'm already jealous all right tomster before we get to your question here's what we need to do you need to go to this restaurant it's the best restaurant in the world And it was just named, it's one that somebody turned me on two years ago. I go there every time I'm in Rome. I just saw it listed in the top 10 restaurants in the world, but it's go to Mimi E. Coco. It's M-I-M-I, the letter E, and Coco, C-O-C-O. I'm telling you, I've sent lots of people there. They come back with their minds blown. It's incredible, it's not overly expensive incredibly charming place. You will love it. Make sure you get reservations. It's very small. It doesn't see a lot of people. Best restaurant in the world. Okay. Your question is, uh, I, so I'm doing an indoor cathedral with a two shot panorama on a platypod. Will the tripod leveling help or is it unnecessary? Nah, you don't need it. You're not going to need it because here's why you do a pano, right? Uh, if you're in Lightroom or whatever, Photoshop, whatever you're p- using to put it together, it's going to tweak it anyway. It's, it's not, you're not going to have two perfect squares that come together. It always shifts it. You've got all these gaps and stuff. Do not go through all that trouble. Just get a regular old tripod uh, head. You don't need to do uh, any tripod leveling or anything. Eh, just get it reasonably close and it'll be fine. It's yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, Dan, thoughts? Anything?
3: Yeah, I would agree. There's so much correction built into the algorithms for doing pano stitching that you'd probably just fine. Although, you know, to be honest, I shoot my panos on my iPhone now because it's just so darn easy. So. I do
0: the same thing. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling Ain't you. It is the truth. <laughs> well, guys, don't for, this is what people forget about the panos. The panos you shoot on an iPhone are higher resolution. Mm-hmm. If you want to print them, you can print a canvas that's freaking super long and 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 on an iphone so yeah I, I i shoot most of my panos today on an iphone so there's that
1: i think uh, a couple of things of the the panos um one is you know turning the camera vertical and doing the panels gives you more of that resolution but um you know there there is a device uh just a, a rail that you can buy that will move your lens back to that focal point so you can kind of turn it and that does help. It's like 20 bucks and it's just like a, a nodal rail. Uh, it's 20 bucks on like um, like Amazon. But again, to your point though, do you really need it? No. But if you want to nerd out on it, I'll nerd out on it with you and talk about nodal points and all and that don't, stuff. Don't, but
0: don't we, nerd out. No. I don't do it. I do what Dan's
1: talking about. I, I use my iPhone because it, like, it's done for me. It's a high resolution file and it looks great.
0: And it's already cropped and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing that your phone does better, for sure. Um, Sharon asks a question that we're not going to be able to answer. Sharon wants to know. Oop, it went away. Hold on. Sharon wants to know, what's the best way to reorganize your folders in Lightroom? That's not a question. That's a course. That's an hour-long answer. So, I have a... a, a, a I think you have that. I, I have a have course this. for you to watch, Sharon. Go watch my class called The Slim System the simplified Lightroom image management system where I, I teach you how to organize your images. I've got a really good way to do it. And it's very, very popular. This system is taught in colleges and universities all over the world. It works. It's very simple. Uh, that's it. My simplified image management with a picture of Rome, by the way, a little picture of Rome right there. So anyway, go check that out. It's, it's very complete and you'll, 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 you'll get it. Okay. Uh, next, uh, Marcy says, I took an indoor shot of my piano yesterday. I put it through on one, no noise AI, and the result is amazing. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. I got a question for you, Dan. This is from Drew. Mm -hmm. Drew says in on one effects, I know how to move and resize effect an effect like a starburst or a lens flare. Are there any plans in the future to allow for both reducing and increasing the size of an effect?
3: That's a a great question. It's a little tricky. It depends on what it is. So for a lens flare that is kind of isolated by itself, we could give you full control over where that goes. But if it's a flare that touches the edge, there's no data beyond the edge. So bringing it in there's no information to fill with. So that's why it's a little tough to fill in, make it smaller on certain texture uh, oriented things like that. So I think technically you can do it today, but you're going to end up having kind of a, a row that just kind of gets repeated multiple times. It's probably not going to look that pleasant. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Pleasant. That's the word. Uh, this is the question from Bill and I, I, you can chime in on this. I'm not going to answer this directly because you work for On1 and it, it would be. <laughs> I know what your answer would be, but I'll give you my answer and we'll get Mr. Kuna's. How does the new denoise feature in Lightroom or Camera Raw compare to On1's no noise capabilities? Uh, the, the new denoise feature in Lightroom or Camera Raw is actually pretty good. On the raw image, it's actually pretty good. It's, it's the best thing Adobe has done so far. Now. That being said, there is a huge advantage that Mr. Kuna mentioned a minute ago to the no noise feature. And that is the tax sharp sharpening that, and, and it, it, the tack sharp sharpening, which is an AI based sharpening is better than any sharpening Lightroom or Photoshop can do at this point. So the two of them together. Now I'm going to throw it to Mr. Kuna first. Because Kuna has, has got both, right? He has no noise because he is the champion. of. And by the way, just, just, just to let you know, when you launch no noise, that picture on the splash screen, that's Eric's photo. <laughs> that's Eric's shot that comes up, which is really cool. So, Mr. Kuna, what are your thoughts on comparing the new denoise in Lightroom or Camera Raw to On1's no-noise AI?
1: So it's it's an interesting one cuz I think you put it you put it really well there that it's the best thing Adobe's done so far. Um, it's a leaps and bounds from where they were. Uh, I still think cuz I keep up with all of them, I like to keep up with all of them and all the players out in the industry on this stuff. I do think that um Adobe's Denoise is their AI Denoise feature is about 75% of the way. I still do think there's that 25% left that other manufacturers that are focused on just the noise reduction plugin that are surpassing. And it's what you're talking about, Scott, they're not even doing the noise, but then they're doing a sharpening along with that noise. Cause when you remove that noise, you have to add in a little punch of sharpening where, where you're like filling in those gaps, but it is magic what they're doing. And so there's like that where it's, it's always better to use the plugin if you're like really focused on removing the noise. If you're just like, hey, I need to remove the noise and I
0: don't have a plugin, yeah, yeah. Adobe's plugin is Yeah, if you don't I have a Adobe's plugin, it's good. It's fine. All yeah. right. So, Dan, you can choose to comment or you can pass.
3: <laughs> I agree with you guys. I think the one thing I would point out, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Lightroom it only works on raw photos, right?
1: It does and other, that is other that things. Other like noise will work on JPEG. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. Oh, that's a good see? Uh, that's a good point. It also point. will only work on the raw uh camera file, and it's only camera files that they support right now. There's certain cameras that they don't even support right now. Uh yeah. there's that then oh, wow. uh, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, look, Dan's Screen Sir, went
0: black and then he then he vanished altogether. Oh, he's gone. I think he fell he out of gone. his he fell out of his seat. Ignore that. oh
3: he's back he's back did did your camera fall over my camera fell oh okay
0: oh okay all right all right we're going to take a short pause so dan i know you're only supposed to be on for this one segment but you you know you want to hang around and answer some more questions yeah all right i'm happy to stick around all right so all right dan's going to stick around we're going to answer some more questions uh if you have questions just put them in the chat that's where we're answering them also when you ask a question you're automatically entered to win one of our prizes just when you ask your question Also tell us what prize you want to win so we don't send you the wrong prize. But uh, yeah, drop any questions you have. We're talking about everything today. It's it's a great mix of stuff. So uh, we'll be answering more questions when we come back after the break. Don't go away. Now I know that a number of you out there are already using On1's plugins, using them with Lightroom, using them with Photoshop, and they're expanding your power. You know how I know you're using them? Because you keep sending me emails and you keep posting comments that say, how are you working in this into your workflow? Which plugins are you using? Which ones do you use first? Which ones do you use last? Where do they fit in? I'm gonna cover all that in a brand new course that I've done for you on Kelby One. The course is called how to use the on one plugins in your Photoshop and Lightroom workflow. It all is designed from the ground up to work together and it just works really, really well. There's so much neat stuff that you could be doing. And a lot of this stuff, is AI powered, right? I hope to check out my brand new course. If you don't already have the OnOne plugins, if you're one of those people that slipped past the goalie and you don't have it, go to onone.com and you can download trial versions and see if you like it. You are gonna like it. You're gonna love it. All right, go catch my new class. We'll catch you next time. You know what you don't want to worry about when you're on vacation backing up your photos you don't worry about organizing or backing them up or what do I do with them when I get home and how do I merge everything I did on my laptop with my computer at home I want to show you exactly what I do when I'm traveling I take a lot of trips and I have a very very simple organization thing and I want to share it with you we're going to talk about how to back up your photos so you can sleep at night while you're on vacation how to organize them, and when you get home, how do you sync everything back into Lightroom so it's like a seamless from beginning to end experience. It's gonna make your vacation better, it's gonna make you sleep better, you're gonna have a great time. It's called how to back up and organize the images from your trip, and it's exclusively at kelbyone.com.
1: This segment of The Grid is brought to you by Canon.
0: Hey, everybody. We're back. Scott here, and and Dan and Eric are standing by. They're going to have to stand by for another minute because it's time for a Lightroom Tip. Lightroom Tip, yeah. All right. This tip I'm going to give you, it's going to sound like a printing tip, but it's not. It's a tip for making JPEGs. And this is one of those things you can share on social media or whatever. And people seem to just love it. And it is a multi-photo layout, but you're going to build it in Lightroom Classics print module. Why can't we build it in the regular Lightroom Clouds print module? Because there is no print module. Why? Because it's for children. Okay, back to our story. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. It's that's bad. It was, it was a joke. It's just a joke. Anyway, let's, let's, let's start by taking a look here on screen, right? Okay. So here we have some images and I want to make a multi-photo layout. So I'm going to select them all. We're going to go to the print module. Just remember, we're not doing this for print. We're going to share this on, you know, social media and we're going to share it on our websites and whatever. We don't need to see that. Okay. So I just chose like the maximum size image here. So here's the thing that makes multi-photo layouts so great. While you're making the adjustments, it all happens live. So you're in the print module and you can see it's important to select all your images first. There they are. They're all selected, all nine of them, right? Look in the film strip. Go over here to the layout panel and you see where it says rows and columns. You can choose how many rows and columns you want. So you can say, okay, I want Two rows, well, that's kind of boring. Three rows, no. Well, that's really not bad, but you could go to columns, you could add two columns. But do you see how, as I'm dragging it, you see it happen immediately? Now, why do they all turn sideways? Because I have rotate to fit on there, we don't want that. Let's turn off rotate to fit. And in fact, let's let's do, I want to make them square. So let's say, let's keep the, 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 these square and we're going to go. Now we're making four by three. Let's do three by three. So we have nine images. All right. Now you can control the margins so you can move them in from the sides. You can also control the, the, the space between them vertically or horizontally here. And let's bring the bottom up. I like to bring the bottom up so I have room to put my name or whatever down here. And you can decide how big you want them. Again, you're controlling the space between them here. And actually, I'm gonna turn off Keep Square so we can be a little more aggressive with our layout. Uh, let's lower the right, or right side, left side. You can pretty much put them however you want. But it's live and it all happens right here as you're Mm -hmm. working on it. So that's what I love about this. You can position these things wherever you want. You see it live. And then if you wanna add your name to the layout, you can just go down here to the page layout, turn on identity plate. And then in the corner over here, you can choose to edit and you can write whatever you want in there. So I'm gonna use a text and we'll write Scott Kelby Photography. But to to feet. Now, there's no way to add space between them. So, because I want it to look a little... Let's, first, let's choose a better type base. That type base is killing me. Let's choose... Uh, let's choose uh, railway, which I kind of like. All right, we're going to go with railway regular. And we don't have to worry about the size, really, because we can change that later. Here's how you have to space it. You have to double-click or add, like, multiple spaces, like one, two... Move your cursor one, two, one, two, one, two, three. I put between words. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two. Isn't that nice? Elegant. Wasn't it Adobe that created digital type? Wasn't it them? Here it is Mm -hmm. 2023. We're having to use the space bar. And then (laughs) it sticks it in the middle of your photo. There it is. I, I know it's ridiculous. It honestly is. And then you can, there you go. You can make your name there and it put dots there. I don't know why, but anyway, that's how to make those multi-photo layouts in Lightroom. So there you go. da awesome. Hey, sam, awesome. Sam's sam got a nice, <laughs> nice comment, yay. I bought Scott's Lightroom book and I'm working through it now. It really is quite helpful and comes with sample files and some nice presets. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. By the way, anybody that writes anything like that, We read it. (laughs) It's amazing how that happens. Anybody writes anything like that. All right. Um, Okay. Uh, Marty's got a question for Dan here. All right. Well, this isn't right. Okay. Marty says With on one keywords, when I import the keyword metadata, it overwrites my previous Lightroom edits. Am I missing something? Or should keywording be done only on newly imported files as a first step? Dan?
3: So there can be some tricky order of events that can happen. And there's actually a knowledge base article on our website that will talk about that. You have to make sure that Lightroom actually gets their stuff written to the sidecar. If you don't have sidecars turned on, then the we don't see the settings to be able to preserve them. And when Lightroom makes you choose between one site, one group of settings versus another, it can't merge them together. If you pick the keywords, it's gonna blow away your settings. So make sure you have sidecars turned on and that Lightroom has had time to write them before you send them to keyword AI. What
0: if you're shooting a JPEG and there is no sidecar?
3: Then you have to embed your metadata from Lightroom first.
0: I'm not sure what you mean by that.
3: Uh, there's, a, I think it's called save metadata to photo. I think is what it's called in Lightroom. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Command, okay, okay. There's a oh, command okay, that writes yeah, it yeah. in there. So, yeah. Right.
0: Well, I'm doing it as I bring them in. So that's the first thing I'm doing before I bring them into Lightroom. I'm running it on. I'm running Keyword AI on the newly imported photos, and then I bring them in, and away they go. All right. Uh, da, da 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 da. So, uh, Patty, Patty says. With no noise in TaxSharp, is it no longer necessary to do sharpening in Lightroom when preparing to print? Uh, well, Patty, printing is a is a whole different issue, but you can do your sharpening in TaxSharp for sure, just if there's a trick to sharpening. So AI sharpening is going to sharpen it for, and it's gonna look great on screen, but you have to over sharpen for print. And I know that sounds weird, but you have to get it to where it's you're almost uncomfortable with the amount of sharpening. <laughs> and, and, and I know that sounds weird, but what happens is, when when your image gets transferred to paper, there's a thing called dot gain, right? The ink it hits and it, and it spreads. It literally spreads when it hits the the paper and stuff. So your image inherently is already going to look less sharp than it does on screen. There is a an actual loss of qual of sharpness from the screen to your printer. So you sharpen it and you get it looking good on screen. How's it gonna look in print? Less sharp. So I would over sharpen it in sharp. Like I'd let it do its thing and then I would crank up the amount. Uh, And generally, the way I do it is, if it starts to look, ooh, that's too much, it's probably just right. It's too much for screen, but it's not too much for the print. So over-sharpened for print. But Dan, you might have something more elegant than what I'm doing.
3: (laughs) No, no, honestly, that's probably the right way to do it. Um, You know, there's kind of a difference between pre-process sharpening, you know, what looks good for screen versus artistic Mm -hmm. localized sharpening versus global sharpening for print. They happen at different times in the workflow for different reasons. And it's just kind of... uh, depends on what you're doing. One of the nice things about uh, doing it in Sharp is you can do it on a, another, another copy of the photo or a version if you're doing it through Photo RAW because it's all non-destructive. That way you can have a version that looks great for screen and a version that you're using for print as well. So that way you don't have to over sharpen everything so it doesn't look over sharp on screen.
0: Right, and so I'll often make a copy or a, uh, what you call it, a uh, <clears throat> virtual copy, and I'll name the virtual copy print at the end so I know this is over sharpened. Cause I don't want to accidentally use the over sharpened version, send it to somebody, you know, for their website. And it was like, Scott stuff looks crunchy. Um, <laughs> any tips? I can't see who, can you move the, the screen over to the right a little bit, it's cutting off. I can't see someone's name there. Oh, JC, there we go. JC asks, any tips on, on, on how to shoot in the Canadian smoke haze this summer? Mm. It's what, it's not how to shoot in it. It's what to do afterwards. It's it's haze time, Eric. You mm-hmm. know more about this because you're out there shooting in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: one of the things you know you gotta with with dealing with haze is um, if you um, underexpose a little, it will cut off a little bit of the haze. You know, underexposing a little. The other thing is making sure when you're shooting that your subject isn't far away. So if you're shooting landscapes, they have a more prominent foreground element that. Isn't going to be affected by that haze. Or sometimes, uh, like the other day, um, it was funny because you're in the mountains uh, over in like the Black Hills, and it looked like the Smoky Mountains in you know what would happen in the east. So sometimes using that haze to kind of as your advantage to uh, make it look like fog almost, and that's actually what it looked like. It almost looked like fog layers that you get in the Smoky Mountains. So. It's underexposed uh, to cut through some haze, um, embrace it by uh, bringing your foreground subject closer to you or just totally embracing it and going uh, for that kind of
0: like foggy, smoky look in your landscape. There you go. All right, thank you. Uh, So Stuart is asking a question. Hold on a second, I got a zoom to fill. There we go, one second. Uh, So Stuart's asking a question that was by, by the way, the entire basis of what I did with my tip and I didn't show it. So hold on. I'm trying to fix my, my layout here a little bit. Uh, yeah. Like I, 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 I left out the part and that's why he's asking the question. I'm sure. Cause I left out the, what we like to call the important part. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the meat and potatoes. Yeah. This isn't. Yeah. So here it is. Stuart saying hi, Stuart, by the way. Hi, Stu. We just call him Stu. Stu, um, when you have a multi-photo layout, how do you export it to JPEG? I'm sorry. That's what the whole tip was. <laughs> That's really bad. <laughs> Very sorry. Let's. Here it is. You go down here to the print job, and you choose print to, and there's a choice called JPEG file. That's it. And then when you hit... It's print to file instead of print to printer. Send to printer is print to file. So that was just dumb. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No one said anything too. Thank you, Eric. You know. Are you gonna show people because you made the whole big fuss about this is not for print, and then you never showed how to do it. This is why, and I and they say this to me all the time. I shouldn't be drinking before the show. But a lot of times I think I'll be fine. It's okay. What's a couple of What's a couple of six packs on the way, you know? And then it's it's a mess. They're falling all over my car and stuff. It's anyway. Yeah, I I blew that. Uh, Jerry uh, has a great question, and we're gonna answer it right after the break. So don't go away. We got a great question from Jerry. So stick around. We got prizes and trivia from Kuna Man and all kinds of stuff. So stick around. I don't have to tell you how great the camera is in your iPhone. It's really pretty amazing. And I know that a lot of people out there are really giving this a serious thought, not only as their second camera, but often as their first camera. If you're brand new to the iPhone, I've got a brand new course I think is really going to help. I'm going to cover 20 different techniques, stuff that you need to know, stuff that how to set up your camera, how to get the most out of it. And it's really gonna make a big difference. It's gonna make you fall in love. If you liked your phone camera before, now you're gonna love it. We're gonna cover a lot of ground. We're gonna be on locations, We're gonna have a lot of fun. I hope you come and join me. And it's exclusively here at Kelby One.
2: I am a portrait and wedding photographer based in Valencia, Spain. I do mainly commercial and editorial photography, and I retouch up to 100 photos a month. We shoot almost every day for all kinds of clients, such as commercial, beauty, and fashion. And we retouch our work more often like every other day. I used to spend over one hour for one photo. If we want professional results, we must remove skin blemishes. Do micro, dodge, and burn. Highlight light eyes, whiten teeth, and even reduce wrinkles in clothes, and this can easily take me up to two hours of work for each photo. So when I saw that there's a plugin for Photoshop that helps you retouch quicker, I was eager to get my hands on it. I had many feedbacks about it, and I found a lot of positive reviews, which made me to consider buying my first plugin. One of the challenges we have at the end of a session or wedding is to achieve an addition in our photograph that looked natural. This is where Retouch for me has become a game changer. I love the feature that you can pick how much effect it has on your photo and you can adjust it accordingly to your style. I saved a lot of time and always end up having amazing results with my work. I am extremely happy with the quality. Now. I am more efficient and have more time to spare with my family. This segment of The Grid is brought to you by Platypod,
0: the world's most compact tripod base. Hey, we're back. So Dan had to go to a meeting. (laughs) He has to work. What kind of crap is that? No, right? Really, right? I think if it's a grid day, you take the dang day off and you just focus on the grid, right, Eric? Right. And, and what I would recommend for all of our guests to do is to go to a luxury RV and that's where you broadcast from. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All, all the right. Time. All the time. All right. Speaking of luxury RVs, Mr. Kuna, is it time for a trivia question? Yes, let's do it. So trivia question trivia today. Wait.
3: It's, it's, yeah.
1: it's playing the cool trivia graphic. There you oh, go. Yeah. Here you go. Here he is. All so, right. Take trivia it away. question for today. Uh, Polaroid cameras, instant cameras. They were invented in 1948. Who invented the Polaroid instant camera in 1948? Winner's going to win a prize. Is it Mr. Roy? First one to put the comment in there with the right answer. Christina will uh, is pick it, that out. Is it Alan we'll Roy? No?
0: No. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> while we're doing right. stuff and playing catch up, how about a Photoshop tip? Let's go. That was the cue. Photoshop tip, let's go. <laughs> Photoshop tip, yeah. Oh, I hope Jason's watching this. So Jason, who's usually our director of the grid is out with Eric out there <laughs> and he's seeing, and there's a different Eric in the control room today, missing cues like, and switching cameras at arbitrary times like that. (laughs) Wow. Jason's going to write him up when he gets back for sure. All right. I have a Photoshop tip for you. So take a, this is inspired by my friend, Paul. Hey, um, so we've got an Indy car here and it is, uh, well, it would appear to be parked on the track. Because the wheels aren't spinning. Now there's a little bit of movement. And the, the, the wheels are a tiny bit blurry. But not enough to give you that. This car is moving kind of thing. Believe it or not. And this sounds really crazy. But there's an actual filter. To make wheels spin. You don't have to be shooting Indy cars. You can be doing bicycles. Motorcycles. Motocross. Anything with a wheel. This works wonders. So take a look. <clears throat> if you go up under the filter menu. Under the blur gallery, there is a thing called, look right there. Spin blur. Is that crazy? Hold on. Let me, let me, let me do the spin blur. (laughs) All right. So you just choose it and it makes this big circle. So you're going to take the circle and center it on the thing that you want spinning, and then you're going to move everything in. So it's all spinning. You don't want the body of the car spinning, (laughs) just the wheel, but let me move these out a little bit. Now I kind of did that in reverse order there and look at that. Oh, magic. You got some spin, baby. You got some spin. Let's look at that. We're getting them wheels going. And I, I believe if you right click and you duplicate the, or is it just a drag one? Nah, you have to do it separately. But anyway, that's how you do it. It gives you a... There's wheel one. Here comes wheel two. Put this in your wheelhouse. What? 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 And there you go. That's it. Neat. Your wheels are a-spinning. So... There's undo. Parked on the track. Redo. Zoom in fast. There you go. So wow. I know it's kind of cool, right? That is it's really cool. Little known Photoshop tip. All right, we have one more question. This is from Jerry and then we're gonna have to go. Uh, Jerry says, so how do you manage and share your day-to-day family photos for those that aren't as technology oriented? Do you use old school photo albums? Do you print photo books? Also, how do you ensure in the future the family will know where to find all of your digital photos? Well, there's multiple questions there. Uh, I do a number of different things. First off, Jerry, the way we share them mostly is literally by email or by text. That's honestly how we share. And we share a lot of family photos between my wife and the kids and everything. And you know, like my wife will take a picture or at dinner like the other night. And I'm like, oh, I want that. She just texts it to me. When she texts it to me, I don't leave it in my messages app. I click and hold and say down save to photos, which saves it to my phone's Photos app. So all of those photos are stored on my Photos app so I can get to them anytime. It's not just, if it's in your messages, then you're digging for it and stuff and all. Much easier to keep it in your Photos app. That's number one. Number two, if we take a family trip, I will generally put together a printed photo book using Lightroom. I have a whole course on how to do that. It's really easy, it's built into Lightroom Classic. Do they have photo books in in Lightroom Cloud, Eric? I don't think so, no. No,
1: you know why? Because so. it's for children.
0: Because it's for children. That's why. So, you could probably say, does it have this? You'd be like, no. 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 You can ask that question all day long. All right, uh, next. How do I ensure the future family will know where to find all your digital photos? It's easy, Jerry. All mine are in one place, in a hard drive, in my home. There's that Synology server, right there. My wife has the passwords. They can get in. It's all right there on one server. Every photo, on that server.
1: Well, you know, uh, the other thing, Scott, on that is, um, if you have a lot of family memories and they're on those drives, print them out, and have them in print
0: too, and yes. put them in a shoebox. Because I tell you what, that shoebox—it works. It works. Say what you want, it works. All right. Well, Mr. Kuna, we are not just out of time, but we are over time by six minutes and a half. But we have lots of winners and the trivia question winner. Uh, So just winners today. By the way, I'd like to point out once again, we give a lot of stuff away every week. Just a lot. I don't know many shows Ah. that give away as much stuff as we do. Cool stuff, too. Very photographic. Very cool. All right. Uh, Robert Simmons, you won the V-flat. He said the V-flat would be awesome. There you go. Bob Bryant, you got on one, no noise AI, which should be called no noise and Tax sharp AI, but it is whatever. Uh, uh, let's see. Loader Court. I am hope I'm saying that right. You got the lighted shooter. Retouch it. Vic K wants the platypod clamp. You got it. Lorraine says uh, they want the P uh, the Photoshop book for digital photographers. You got it. The retouch for me portrait volumes app. Uh, goes to our trivia prize winner, Art Maripole. And the answer was, this is, and where the question was, who invented the instant camera?
1: Yeah, the Polaroid instant camera in 1948. And it was Edward Herbert
0: Land. Wow, that was uh, so obvious. That was the most obvious. All right, Eric, how do they get their prizes? Well, it's real easy. What you're going to do is you're going to
1: email us over at, uh, uh, oh, golly. What is the address? It is gridprize grid prize, grid prize at kelby1.com. Kelby Kelby I totally flaked there. Sorry. Gridprize at kelby1.com. You just email us over, uh, uh, tell us, um, we'll verify your information, and then we'll send you out your prize. So and just email s- us and over there at gridprize. Send it now. 1. Send com. it
0: by Friday so they can get it out to you. Yes. All do right. It by Friday. All right. One last thing. So I, I, I was working on uh, this presentation I got coming up here. And uh, I was going through some photos, and I was going through photos from the Alliance Air Show, which I shot before COVID in, uh, out in Texas. Uh, I think it was in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, anyway, it's the Alliance Air Show and went with my buddy Larry Grace, who Larry always gets us the greatest uh, access. Anyway, long story short, I did not realize I, you know, sometimes when you're coming home, you're on the plane, you're looking at your images, you missed some. I missed this one. And I saw it like this. This is not a composite or anything. Um, crazy. And I sent it to Eric. And Eric's like, he likes it. If Eric likes it, you know. So uh, this is it on my screen here. If we can show my screen. So it's one of the Blue Angels, number seven. Love whipping, it. Whipping by. Now, it's not a full moon. And the reason it's not a full moon is it was not a full moon that day. If I was compositing, I would have thrown a full moon in there. But it, that's the moon that was there. But uh, middle of the day, and, and I got that shot, and I saw it. I'm going through my pictures. I'm like, "Holy cow! I didn't see that before." So now I have. Oh, I just it. I love
1: it, Scott. I mean, it's the at the angle, the vapes. Then you've got the moon. Yeah, it's just it's a great one.
0: I was very happy. I was very surprised and happy, and all of that. No,
1: that's a, that's what happens. You know, that's why this whole process of calling and going through your thing it's it's a hard because sometimes you do
0: that, you miss the photo. Because you got so many photos and you're like, "Oh, I just missed that one yep i've I've done it more times than I can count where I go back and I see a photo I'm like, "Hey, that's pretty good in fact, I just did that with a photo from Tuscany where I was like huh i didn't I don't remember even seeing that, you know, and maybe you know you got interrupted while you were calling or something, or the the flight yep. attendant spills a drink on you or you know sprays you with pepper spray. I don't know uh did, did you go blank did you <laughs> nope oh nope. you had a look off of yourself like like is he frozen i think i might have froze there for a second oh okay okay good because if not it's like you're having a stroke all right no 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 all right so oh, you know i got so i got something uh
1: so uh i could show here oh yeah yeah um, yeah so you know we're out here i uh, got crazy uh russell brown here with me and we were doing some uh light painting and uh oh! portraits so there's a uh, one with russell and then uh we took him outside and we got him outside the saloon in his little get up and then uh we took him over and did a portrait when he was doing the milky way so i'm sitting in the firehouse so
0: oh um, that's great
1: yeah so just uh just trying to play around with uh light painting and people as well so russell
0: is such a great character oh man. now where I is that saloon? where is that
1: so that is um oh look at that i got a repeating fire pattern uh, that is in South Dakota so that's um, there's a place in South Dakota that we really get access at night oh um, that's nice
0: so. I like that I really like that shot a lot oh thank you thank that's you. a good one all right now that we're sharing photos I, I found another one that I got at the Alliance air show and oh, Eric I like liked this, this one just as good so I sh- I sent this one here yeah that's great now what's interesting is there's like a Corvette in the background yeah, but the Air Force insignias and stuff on it. Well, so, and you could
1: even see the heat coming off the the runway there. Yeah, and then intersecting uh, with the sky. You know, it's great. Love it.
0: But uh, that was another one that I had there. Yeah, because the the uh, the car is kind of in the in the heat and and all that stuff. But anyway, um, and I did I like desaturated the sky and all to give it that kind of going mm-hmm. for that I Tim Wallace look that only Tim Wallace can get. <laughs> But, you know, tip of the hat to Tim Wallace, who's. I, I sent uh, my friend Larry Grace some of Tim's shots this week because, man, that guy, he, he shoots all transportation photography, right? He's based in the UK. He's won every award you can win. Uh, he's a Kelby One instructor where he teaches automotive photography, which is where he got his start. And he shot for all the big brands in the UK and uh, asked Austin, Aston Martin and all those. Um, but now he's doing all transportation. So he's shooting airplanes, he's shooting boats, he's shooting machinery, he's shooting very very high-end luxury cars like he's your go-to guy but uh anyway he has a very very particular look and you know uh i'm I'm trying to get in that genre of what he's doing but tim is up there and i am down there so so tim is he's in the he's in the cloud yeah. tim's in the cloud all yeah, right absolutely we're so over time thank you mr kuna and uh when are you coming Thanks, back God. are you ever coming back
1: uh i'm driving back in just a couple days so
0: hot diggity yeah. dog can we go to ellie's when you get back
1: yeah let's go i
0: have not been to ellie's since you've been gone so what all right, right six months or something yeah can we go on monday
1: Let's go Monday. All
0: right. Okay. If you want to meet
1: us up, we'll be at Ellie's on Monday. All right. Everybody.
0: All right. Drive carefully. You got a long drive home from South Dakota uh, to Tampa. I will. That's a long one. And for all of you, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for Dan for joining us. Uh, and uh, we will catch you guys next week with a in-person Kuna. Like, right. right well, here.
1: actually, we won't be here next week, Scott, because That's we will right. be at the conference. That's right. That's right. There's but no we will be together week. at the conference, so we'll the you conference, can always come so. join us at the On One Photographer's Conference next week, July 26th, 27th, or 25th, 26th.
0: Let's go. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our crew here, and uh, except for Eric in the control room. and <laughs> <laughs> He switched back oh, in the middle of Wands. Oh, my Beautiful. gosh. I'm going to be with Jason
1: later. He's going to be totally oh, like It's
0: going to be bad. It's going to be a bloodbath. Take care, everybody.